Hello, this is Tina Shabo with Tina Shabo Yoga and Make Life Your Medicine podcast. And uh, I'm jumping on here with Jamie today to talk a little bit about Ayurveda and the dosha system and also uh, my logo. Uh, when I became an Ayurvedic health counselor, I knew that uh, the elements were something that I had loved for many years. I've studied astrology since I was 12 years old and to just see the parallels with yoga, astrology, and Ayurveda has been really something on the elemental factor that's touched my heart on so many levels. So if you look at my the Yoga Dex logo, uh, it is a pitta, it is represented by the woodpecker, and woodpeckers have always fascinated me. They are very fiery little uh, beings, and they take charge, they work all day, they are little... Uh, um, they can kind of fly off that tree in anger. They're a little bossy. Um, so I've always kind of been, uh, I don't know, really kind of touched by their fire. I love uh, that beautiful woodpecker on the front of my logo. Behind that woodpecker, it is standing on a tree, which is my representation of kapha. And the tree, of course, is uh, such a sacred symbol of patience, love, endurance, strength. Uh, and of course all that denseness, uh, density of kapha, earth, and water. And the butterfly is represented as vata, and it's in the back of my logo. And from the first moment that Amy Thayer made that for me, uh, I try to have the true artists make all of my artwork in my um, loft and in my uh, business, and she sent me back that picture of <laughs> in five minutes. Did I tell you about that? No, it took five minutes. Well, usually Amy has done other art for me before, and she, three months later, I'll get the, you know, the product. And that's cool, because I always say with artists, let them work on their time, because they are right. uh, from the ethereal. You know, you can't put a time on a good piece of art, you know? So Amy, usually sometimes three or four months, and you get your art, and you're like, oh, wow, totally worth the wait. But I sent her a message, and I said, I want a logo made of, of, for my business with a butterfly, a woodpecker, and a tree. And it was maybe 15 minutes and she sent me my logo. And she said, I don't know how this came, it just instantly came through for me. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, it's perfect. And my logo just, I don't know, I just, I, I've said lately, I might get a tattoo of it. Like, I've, no, I don't have any tattoos. But yeah. <laughs> Well, Jamie and I were in Danville recently, and I almost impulsively went and got a tattoo, but I think it was a trial run. But I, <laughs> I, I don't know what was going on in Danville. I decided I was just going to go out and get a tattoo, and then I chickened out. But thank goodness I chickened out. Chris wasn't real happy about that, I don't think, when I got home. He was like, what? You weren't even going to, like, tell me? Or I was like, well, it was just one, one of those compulsive. And he was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway. It was still thrilling, the yeah. trip to go, to see about it, <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> it was one of those roller coaster 30-minute things where everybody's just looking to see what Tina's going to do, I think, is what the... Yeah. And I'm looking around at everyone else, waiting for everybody else to tell me if I'm crazy or not, and they're just all like, this was your idea. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we, we, we're thinking maybe we should get one today. I don't know. Um. That was a fun trip, wasn't it? It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, I want to talk a little bit about the elements. So um, we, you, were, you mentioned when you first got here about astrology and the parallels, and I thought you were going to go, you kind of did go into the archetypal, and I want to talk about this, but if you look at the world in the elemental factors, that's, and you think of that mm-hmm. like that, what really touches me about Ayurveda, like if somebody's coming to me and there's something wrong with this or that, I can almost always say it's Vata, Kapha, or Pitta, unless it's really... Um, elusive but and usually when it's really elusive it's vata anyway Mm -hmm. but um my big thing with the doshas is in people how easily it is to see the elements in people like um let's let's take for example yesterday at bob evans after our yoga teacher training and our little group there okay okay so uh let's just take a look to my left my son todd okay okay what would you think his uh dosha would be in ayurveda his elemental factor Um, i guess i mean i see more kapha or pitta than i would vada you're exactly right Todd is Pitta, Kapha, Kapha, Pitta. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when I say, you know, the two, like with me, I take the test and I'm, half the time I'm Vata, Pitta, the other half I'm Pitta, Vata. So, okay. um, Jenny took hers and sent me the pie chart and I knew exactly what Jenny would be, Pitta, Vata, mm-hmm. for sure. She's all fire. Now, if you look at Jenny's astrology chart and my astrology chart, my astrology chart, I'm an Aquarius with a Gemini moon. Okay. Those are both air okay okay but my ascendant is scorpio it's water now pitta is fire and water scorpio is water but in astrology and in uh jyotisha astrology specifically Mm -hmm. and you look at the planets that rule scorpio it's fire scorpio would be considered a fire water planet or astrology sign you know what i mean because of their intensity and leadership you know scorpio just is a very intense sign they're not one of the leadership cardinal uh, leadership signs they are of the fixed Mm -hmm. so jenny has a aries she's a sagittarius which is fire moon aries ascendant aries all fire you know what I mean? Um, but she's got a lot of Gemini in those other planets, which is air. So I always feel like if you're looking at the elements and then putting an astrology chart beside it, it's so wildly crazy how perf- perfect that goes together. Up. You are a Virgo, which is Earth. Mm-hmm. Your moon sign is Libra. Is that correct? I think so. And your ascendant is Scorpio. Libra is air. Scorpio is once again fire and water. You run on the Vata or uh, Pitta Kapha, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, So that Virgo is earth, strongly earth. Um, The funny thing about Virgo is when we had the astrology training in the Ayurveda, Virgo is ruled by Mercury, which is a planet of air. So you've probably got a little more Vata than you think you do in your, you know. Okay. Yeah. 
But it, all of that gets very elusive. And I always say, even with um, Ayurveda is considered a pseudoscience, really, because it, uh, even the elemental factors, the minute you think you know something, and then it just kind of drifts into something else. The Ayurveda and the seasons are all, um, Mother Nature even is to be questioned. You know, you can't put a word on water, it can rise as steam, it can, everything's so elusive there, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, modern medicine, I kind of feel like, um, I can't imagine anyone believing any sort of structured uh, theory that says, oh, your right ankle is swollen, here's a pill, and it's going to fix it. Right. Like, that to me is nuts. Like, but in Ayurveda, if your right ankle is swollen, we'll look at why your right is not your left, mm -hmm. um, the possibility of that. Then we'll look at, uh, are you right-handed, right-footed? Do you use this one more? If you had a sprain there, when was the sprain? Um, okay, what did you eat this month? What season is it? Um, uh, you know what I mean? How old are you? Um, a million things to see why that ankle is swollen. And then, okay, let's go ahead and take that out of your diet and add this herb. Oh, that didn't work two weeks later. Uh, what time did you take the herb? Let's see if you should take it during Vata time at five in the morning. Maybe it'll have a better chance of working. Do you know what I mean? Like right. wellness is in it continuously, wildly alive experiment, right. you know? And I tell, that's what I tell all my clients. I'm like, Ayurveda is elusive, but it is to know thyself. And, and I've said this for a long time, anyone that thinks that I can just fix them or that even an Ayurvedic doctor, if you go to an Ayurvedic doctor, I've met plenty of them, mm -hmm. they're going to tell people, let's try this. And after they ask you a hundred questions, and probably uh, before that, uh, an Ayurvedic health counselors ask you a hundred questions. You know what I mean? Like, so. But it's all working to get towards the root cause, exactly, as opposed to just yes going to your doctor and getting something to mask it. A hundred percent. One hundred. That is the bottom line, the root cause. Yeah. And also, this is what I tell people. This is why I'll look back on someone's chart that I did a, a treatment plan two years ago. And I'll be like, remember, you were having swelling every April. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's when I started kind of connecting the dots of my own wellness. And when my inflammation was out of order, wow, my back went out in April. My back always was low back pain continuously for years in April. And so to look, the inflammation is high in April. Mm -hmm. So if you have an opportunity for a back to go out, you're going to be a little more tender then. Mm -hmm. I start really doubling down on my CBD, turmeric, ginger, and those sorts of things in spring. Fall is never as hard of a hit on my body as, a, as spring is. And spring, and I've talked to you about this, the, the anxiety and everything, like all of that bots is out of balance for me, um, all the way really until like the weather starts getting warm constantly. I think the summer solstice is the beginning of my, the best forecast of wellness for the next three months, you know, until my feet start getting cold again and the end of August, you know. But, um, so if we look at the elemental factors of summer, and that's what I wanted to kind of talk about today a little bit, um, you know, because we, summer is upon us and the summer solstice is upon us, um, what people should kind of avoid even though people at this time of the year want to go out and drink their alcohol and eat their buffalo wild wings and they want to 
Um, they're just eating a little more fire, but really, if you look at what's kind of propping up in the garden right now, I think we got my broccoli out. Um, Chris, is it broccoli or cauliflower that's coming to an end right now? Oh gosh, I don't know. Yeah, Chris is the one. So I always say what's coming in the garden is what we need to be eating. We are eating a heck of a lot of greens right now. Greens are really great. Alkaline is going to keep us transitioning well. Um, uh, watermelon, all of the good melons that are coming forth have the sweetness that are really great for summer. It tames the, the pitta. So as we leave spring, we're threading into summer, so we're going to start losing our anxiety for really irritability. <laughs> <laughs> what a good trade-off. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, and I always say as soon as the weather gets a little bit uh, hot outside, I can't do my hot yoga until the fall. I'm yes. out. I'm out for a while. It, um, it's too much heat. It's too much heat on my body, and it has been. The first time that I get a little bit wobbly or kind of see stars in Marie's class, I usually hang on for a class or two. But I was actually feeling with my feet being cold this week, I might want to hit it this week just maybe a hot class you know. it hasn't been as hot out yeah so what do you think about this mocktail i think it's good it's really good so i put some violet simple syrup that was given to me as a gift lavender no you made oh, my lavender oh, you got some violet too you made my lavender for me which i'm going to be stingy with i'm sorry but okay. <laughs> i'm using my lavender for something else this was the violet that I've had in there for about a month. Do you remember little oh. Sarah Cunningham? Mm -hmm. She brought me some violet simple syrup. So um, we made some of that. I put some, uh, that is cranberry juice, organic cranberry juice. And that is a raspberry beer, kombucha. Okay. Not kombucha, raspberry non-alcoholic beer. Okay. And so perfect little mocktail. And I'm going to grab a little bit of club soda just to keep us... Blackberry, blackberry beer. Oh, okay. Pretty nice stuff. So, um, as I was saying, as the elements kind of dance together in in congregation, uh, you know, in, around our table, if we move around a little bit more to the uh, past, Todd, you could kind of see Cole and Jenny sitting there. Cole is very coffic, laid back, yes. relaxed, speaks. A little slower but steady very intelligently but he's you can just feel that he's kapha pitta is what mm -hmm. cole is he's a scorpio so he's got that intenseness to him too jenny's all fire there's your pitta yeah. move over there to crystal crystal's very vata right crystal is vata pitta i would say crystal has hardly no kapha in her at all mm -mm. i i would say crystal I would really like to, what is her, uh, her ascendant Scorpio, she's a Virgo, but I think you've got a little more Kapha in you where she's got a little more Virgo in her. I think most of her planets have air in them. I think she's got a lot of Libra, um, Gemini. And then, um, she's definitely not as grounded as you are. And then Scott, what would you say Scott is? I would go with Vata. He's Pitta Vata. Is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vata Pitta or Pitta Vata. Uh, if you've ever seen Scott get irritated, you'd see the Pitta a little more. Oh, maybe that's why, because I don't see him get aggravated too often. He's he's full fire. He's yeah. just a highly 
aware fire. Right. Um, you know, I would love to do Scott's Ascendant, and I don't know if he knows what time he was born. we got to get Scott and Paula's Ascendant. Okay. All right. All right. So I want to talk about a little bit of uh, ways for people to boost their Agni. Uh, and also I want to talk about the power of kombucha, especially if we're going to be making some of us. Kombucha is really good for that uh, bacteria gut health. And Agni is what transforms and assimilates what we're taking in, whether it is food, life experiences, or thoughts. Eating a sacred activity allows the food to assimilate and join well with us. Eating without the sense of sacred causes digestive issues. You know, I've really thought about this lately. Like, I've really, I remember a time in my life when I used to eat quickly and almost in anger to go back to work. Like on my lunch hour, I had an hour. You right. know what I mean? And my life isn't like that these days. If I'm irritated, I'm really, really careful about eating during that time or mm -hmm. eating during times where I'm fearful or eating in the wrong way because I know that it, it is definitely going to affect my digestive power. Um, do you ever notice yourself uh, in that spirit of, of eating um, in, when you're eating for comfort? Like, a, like eating emotionally eating? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. I'd say I notice that more times than I would like to notice that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I mean, when you are more aware of it, you can either make the choice to, to stop or, or continue on. And as far as work, that is hard for some people, you know, with this is your time you get to eat, whether it was your time you wanted to or not. But all the other hours of the day when you're not there gives you a better opportunity to be more mindful. Well, this is what I noticed back in September, and this is where I was at before I started intermittent fasting and changing my diet up a little bit. And even though I stay on Ayurveda, and you can stay on Ayurveda and still intermittent fast, actually it's kind of recommended after menopause mm -hmm. to intermittent fast. Even in uh, Deepak Chopra's book called um, Perfect Digestion, he speaks about how really uh, after a certain age, we don't need breakfast anymore. So, um, but I, was, I wasn't hungry. I wasn't ever hungry, and it's funny because I knew, and I had asked a question on one of my last um, Zooms with an Ayurvedic doctor. We got all these questions, and um, there's like 50 women asking questions trying to get their question heard by this Ayurvedic doctor, okay. and I asked the Ayurvedic doctor how I could boost my Agni, and she just like read my question then looked right in the camera and said, Really? You're an Ayurvedic health counselor, mm -hmm. and you're asking me this question. I remember feeling so small. I was like, can they see me? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, why don't you tell me right now? And I, you know, was like, go hungry. I mean, you know, that's so what I right. wrote, like, let yourself not eat. Exactly. And she said, right. She goes, you know what you have to do to get hungry again. You know how to boost your metabolism. You got to hear your belly growl. Mm -hmm. And the only way to hear your belly growl is to not put anything in your belly. Right. And so I knew I had to go there and I knew I had to give up sugar. The second thing was that I wrote in there is get off the kapha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So those are the two things I did, um, September, and you know, I am down about 22, 23 pounds. But in nine months, that's a good healthy, you know, three pounds a month is a good way to lose weight. But um, I have to say, building that fire back up, uh, as difficult as it was the first week, it was difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was irritated. I was hangry. I was lying in bed chomping at the bit. My mouth's watering right now just saying that. Um, hungry, you know, because I went into it with a three-day fast. I oh, well, that'll make you hungry. Right, a three-day <laughs> water fast. Um, and then I went straight into the intermittent fasting. And uh, my fire, strong, weight coming off, feeling great. When I ate, hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, still someone on it, but guess what's been happening uh, lately. What, you're starting to crave it again? Well, I'm just kind of falling off the wagon a little tad. Yeah. Like, here we are drinking some, let's give a toast to this marvelously sweet mocktail. And I had a, last night, ice cream for dinner, after dinner. And I'm just starting to, like, walk down the street and get a wits you know, occasionally and those sorts of things. So I know that I'm going to have to build the fire back up if you want to lose weight. There's no other way to do it. You know, the only way to lose weight is to, for your fire to be stronger than your earth. That makes sense. Yeah. And for your digestive system to be powerful. So, um, what I noticed when the, it, with the intermittent fasting, the reason I like it so well is because it builds a fire to such a way that when you eat that largest meal at noon, because it's also a pit of time, it just, it, you, it's not even heavy. It goes straight to fuel. You feel amazing, you know? Right. The, the toughest part is going to bed hungry, not nibbling, because I'm a grazer by nature. I like to just kind of grab a handful of nuts or a banana whenever I want, and... So, um, but that's really a good way to keep your fire strong. One thing about summer we have to be careful is too much fire in the body. And last summer, I remember I had a sty at one point in both eyes. Mm-hmm. So when we were getting too much, enough of that sun outside, maybe lay back, lay back on the heat, the cayenne peppers, the um, pickles, all the things I like, I like banana peppers in my salad, things like that, which I'm not giving them up yet. I don't have any styes, but that's just something I always tell people. Um, save those maybe even a little more for the winter months. Um, some of the signs you may have a dampened metabolic uh, fire or agni, and you need to raise it, is weight gain, which I was there. I had When we got back from... Uh, when we got back from Danville, Danville, I was set off high. You know, I was, I'm gonna write it down here. That's where I was at. I have no shame in that. I would say it in the podcast, but, um, so I was, I was getting up there again. I was happy. Yeah. I was healthy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, you know, I mean, I think I was still looked good. I'm just saying, I wanted to feel a little better. You know, my clothes, I was starting to feel uncomfortable, just a little uncomfortable. But do you um, think like now, like that you've started your cycling and stuff? So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, 
maybe your body can take some more of this just because mm -hmm. you're, you're burning it off as quick as you're having it. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I don't think you're doing it in such an excess that it's going to win. And then, like yeah. I know for Scott, Scott said he can't cycle any, he can't add any more cycling because he said, I've got to put a little bit of weight back on. Right. So, <laughs> and I was so like, lucky to be a man. You, you poor thing, you. <laughs> but, um, so I guess I think that maybe your body craves these things because you, you're burning a fuel that, you know, you're burning it as quick as you put it in. But I know when my body's craving something opposed to when I'm just doing stuff because I like doing it. it to do it, you know. I mean, I like sweets. And it's just something I like. I, I have a sweet tooth. When I was in high school, Mom, I worked at Deli's Dairy Bar, and my mom would come down and visit me, Mom and Susie, and they used to make fun of me. They'd be like, you've got to be kidding me. How do you stay so skinny? Well, because I worked so much back mm -hmm. in the day. But I would get every uh, time they would come down for lunch, I would get a hot fudge cake. Yeah. That's what I would eat. Like, um, It's just one of those things that I know I have to kind of keep on touch. Uh, you know how deep we talk about patterns. Right. If I just let a pattern get deeper and deeper and deeper, I know I could get, I, I could be in bad shape in 20 years, you know? I see. Yeah. Um, I got to keep the fire tame too. And I have enough earth, you know, I like to bake in the fall and I plan on doing all that. I just, um, I'm feeling kind of powerful right now with this uh, spin class, you know? I think you should. I, I think you're doing great and look good and... Well, they want me, they're thinking about adding another one on Monday. Mm. So, this is what I told Scott. If I do another spin class on Monday, I've got to be even good on my... Here's the thing. There was sometimes going into that spin class before I started the intermittent fasting, I was like, oh, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't want to teach this morning. So... I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to add another one or not, but it is fire on fire on fire. But uh, so what else do I want to talk about a little bit with the Ayurveda? Uh, let's talk about how we can tell we're out of balance with the elements and discuss a little bit of uh, that feeling. So I want to talk about when we are out of balance with kapha, which is earth and water and when things begin to feel heavy, um, which leads to depression. Lethargy uh, starts as a lack of movement, leads to depression, heaviness, um, sluggish mind, sluggish digestion, oily skin. Um, I know a time in my life where I was deeply depressed for probably two years is back in my uh, the first really 30 years old. Uh, I'd say from 29 to 31 was the hardest time of my life. And I remember what that felt like. It was transitional after a divorce, um, losing everything in my life and just not really knowing how I had gotten there. Like kind of knowing how I got there, but then looking back like, geez, I really screwed that up, you know, like, wow. Um, and just freezing basically. Uh, also my eating habits had deeply changed. I was, eating a lot of uh, fast food, okay, a lot of sugar, um, sleeping a lot, and what I really 
want to say about the imbalance of kapha is that it builds on itself. So I think a part of me, because of that time that I went through, uh, I have a, a very keen eye on when I feel a slight bit lethargic and I, I keep myself very structured so that I don't allow that dosha to build on itself because I've been in the bottom of a black hole for two years, many years ago, and that is one imbalance that I just will work, fight, and do anything to ever allow myself to feel buried again. Right. I just, I feel the most sorry for people that are depressed. I feel the most compassion for that feeling. I know what it feels like to bring two, three bags of groceries home and set them on the floor in front of the fridge and not want to put them away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And be like, just go lay on the couch and then your friend that took you to the grocery store come over and like, you didn't put your groceries away and like, just don't start on me. Like, I remember that feeling. Mm -hmm. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds unimaginable and crazy, but I remember that feeling. And, um, you know, I don't get a lot of people that are like uh, diagnosed depression that comes to me because usually by the time people are coming to me or people that I'm in touch with when they go to that edge they probably lose touch with me by then you know with their massage therapist with the people that they have been close to but I will say that I do have people that lethargy is starting to creep into mm -hmm. and that talk about past a little depression and I so I do have a lot of conversations with that and you know, the hardest thing about depression is the worst thing that you can imagine having to do is what you need to get out of the depression. Right. Movement. Yeah. And it's what you don't want. And uh, so I will say this, after coming out of the depression and me moving out of my house, I had to move out of my house. So when you have to move out of your house because you're going to be carried out into the front yard because mm -hmm. your house is foreclosed, you've got to move. <laughs> Right. <laughs> There's no other choice. There's no choice. So that kind of gave me a little nudge out of mind. But what I tell people is um, that's when you... And, and what's the other thing you crave when you're lethargic? You're talking about like sweets and... and bread. Oh, yeah. Cards you know, cake. And bread. Yeah. Cupcakes. Icing. Big Macs. French fries. You mm -hmm. know. Um, which I'm more of the sweets person instead of the fast food, but uh, there was a time when fast food was my jam back in the day when I was depressed. So uh, depression's a little heavy, especially uh, when we get into the colder months. This is what I say uh, since I've been doing Ayurveda around eight, years, seven years. Winter is a glorious time for me, but uh, I remember I always thought I had the winter blues. Everybody talks about the winter blues. Right. Well, uh, in Ayurveda, we take the winter as a time to downsize and enjoy. I think you enjoy winter, don't you? Uh, I think I'm combating it better than I used to. Because mm -hmm. I think once you become more aware of this is what happens during these seasons and, and you're aware for it, then you're prepared more for it. Mm -hmm. You don't let yourself go there. Because mm -hmm. you're trying to fight it. Yeah. For sure. Uh, winter has been kind of honestly, I think since COVID, it changed my outlook on winter. Yeah. 
Um, I kind of look forward to it. I, I look forward to every season now. This is something I never had. I was a summer girl. I hated when summer left and always couldn't wait till it got here. Um, I'm going to be honest, like before Ayurveda, I barely knew what season it was except for summer. You know, I didn't pay attention to the equinoxes and the solstice. And now I'm so aware of the power of them, you know. And I tell my clients, and this is always amazing to me when people are talking to me about their anxiety. It's always fall or spring. And I'm like, this will pass, you know, as soon as the, really? And they're like confused. They're like, you mean, I'm like, yes, yeah, start paying attention, you know, noting it. You probably only have anxiety in the spring and fall. Mm -hmm. And people, and I was the same way, you know. Ayurveda is the only medical science that looks at the seasons as part of when issues arise. Right. No other season looks at Mother Nature. So to me, it's just astounding. Um, and I think because I know Ayurveda, I'm able to kind of maneuver my way in life so much better. That's why I love it, you know? Uh, I think Ayurveda with yoga together can create a perfect life for people, people that like these rituals, people that like this path, us. <laughs> well, I think most people would like it if, if they learned about it mm -hmm. and found out about it. Mm -hmm. We're just living in such a fast-paced world of, you know, people mm -hmm. don't want to take the time. People don't want to pay attention. Mm -hmm. They just want now. You know, everything needs to be right now. Yeah. Well, and... And Ayurveda is so, most people don't know about it. Yeah. I had never known about it until I went to a yoga training. Right. You know, you really don't. Um, so I really try to sprinkle it into my yoga school a little more than other 200-hour trainings. Yeah. Because if people are getting yoga, that's amazing. But what if they're getting just a breadcrumb of knowledge that you're going to feel a little more anxious at this time of the year. So maybe anti-inflammatories um, will help or, you know what I mean? Or right. more um, spring and fall is a good time to eat cake. You mm -hmm. know? I mean, it's a good time to eat your cupcakes. Uh, it is a medicine for anxiety to a certain degree. Um, so uh, just a little bit uh, of the kapha. And then we talked about Vata and Pitta. Let's talk a little bit uh, about routines for the different seasons. And first one I want to talk about is uh, the winter and spring. So uh, as always, and also, do you do you read the do you watch Uberman Lab, Andrew Uberman? Mm -hmm. Yes, I like okay. him. Well, you know he's my crush. Right. Well, oh, it's a good one to have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then I found out he's a Libra. I'm like, please, not a Libra too. Is that good or bad? It's amazing. Oh, okay. Because I thought, well, wouldn't that be a good thing? Libra's my best match. Yeah, I mean, uh, normally I'm working in my eye room and I'm sitting here, you know, saying little things that, you know, he's talked about. I'm like, I'm sure everyone else is just like, what does this girl watch and listen to? She's always spouting off these little, little scientific facts about this that or the other yeah i love the way he does that though mm -hmm. like he is he doesn't just tell you 
Right. He's got the backing of why, and, and right. he's so intelligent. Like, I, I just, I am amazed by him. I'm, and I guess I think, you know, when we was talking about, like, the now, of, like, how people want things to fix, like, right now. Like, he's one that gives you things that you could start doing today or tomorrow mm-hmm. and already start noticing the difference in mm-hmm. it right then. He does. He does. You know, it's funny because during the, our last two months ago in teacher training, I was listening to one of his things because I was going over breath. Mm-hmm. like um, fire breath and some other things. And he had totally given one of those breaths as oh. as a way to, um, I think it might have been his sleep one. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about how to boost melatonin, the scientific, and he, he doesn't, he's like Joe Dispenza. He won't use a, the yogic terms for things. He uses a total scientific background, which I love because it's right. a little more open to general public too but um he was talking about uh and there was another guy i've been listening to named um uh, lucid dreaming it's a podcast on spotify okay and this guy was talking about how to fall asleep easy it was a 15 minute podcast and and it took me back to andrew uberman the way he was talking about melatonin sometimes andrew uberman is so intelligent that the stuff will go a little bit over my head i'm like okay i'm just gonna right take a nap and listen to him or no <laughs> we're gonna take a shower and miss this part you know listen to him in the background because i'm like he's he's so intelligent but um this guy was talking about how if you get up at six o'clock in the morning you take a 15 minute walk mm-hmm. and the sun even if it's cloudy out that's the best way to regulate your melatonin to go to, to right. fall asleep better and Andrew Uberman had talked about it in his sleep podcast. Yeah, that's true. So, and this guy's a lucid dreamer, and he does astral projection and all that. But it was interesting. They both were saying the exact same thing in their mm-hmm. own way. Because I think they're saying that that uh, the, your circadian, uh, like the circadian rhythm and clock, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's right, that you can reset it by going out for that walk yeah. in the morning time. Yeah. To where you start feeling more refreshed and mm-hmm. sleep. So like what you're saying about the melatonin. Yeah. Well, when I have banjo, he likes his first walk for potty at 5.30. And every morning that I have him, it's really nice that I'm forced to go out and walk with him. Because mm-hmm. I usually get up 5.30 to 6.30 and I mosey around, but I'm forced to go out and do that. And I do feel better on the days I have him. Like I sleep better those nights. Oh, that's... I can tell. Right. Like Sunday night, I always sleep good. I always have banjo on Saturday night. Um, I usually am falling asleep now by the time Chris leaves to go home. He kind of comes there and gives me a kiss on the head and like locks the door on his way out Sunday night because I'm, I'm dozing out. Yeah. Um, so late winter and early spring, so kind of right now, uh, wake, walking shortly before or with the sunrise is what Ayurveda recommends. So 5.30 is that perfect time, just mm-hmm. a short little stroll around the block. Stay warm, particularly in the beginning of spring. You may feel tempted to bear it all out of the sheer joy of feeling the sultry sun on your wintry skin, but think twice. And that's because of those circulation issues that arise in the okay. spring. We start shutting down because the body's doing so much work trying to acclimate to the weather and our circulation becomes a little sluggish. That's why we have cold feet. My feet are freezing right now, so are my hands. Um, and I really probably should have kept my heating blanket on the bed a little bit longer, but, um, exercise, of course, 
And also the lymphatic system will lose uh, love of fluid yoga class, jumping rope, a bike ride, or a brisk walk. So it's really time to start moving again, shedding the winter. We're a little later in it, but spring is a reason um, for doing a dietary cleanse too. And that's when we did those uh, juice, you did a juice thing with us, didn't you? I didn't do the juice you thing. You didn't with do you the last juice time. thing? Yeah. We I all did a three day one. juice cleanse, which is good at the beginning of screen, just to get the residual winter out, all that extra sugar and kind of the hibernation that we all tend to do. Um, a little bit of purging. We want to purge. Uh, and I've definitely been on a bit of a purge for a while, and this feels good. I purged my kitchen a bit today and found. Uh, some ginger dressing that had been, uh, um, it expired in December. <laughs> <laughs> it had been marinating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, um, spring is when we are intuitively our most in tune to our deepest desires. Do a reset. What do you want? Journal. Um, seasonal and local. Eat from the copper reducing food list. So, you know what? No cheeseburgers and no sugar. Uh, routines for Cooling Summer's Fire Princess. And this is from Katie Selcox Shakti School. Uh, we can uh, take your intense summer soul out for a moon bath. And um, I always like to keep my windows open during full moon so I can get a little bit of that moon coming down the back end. Mm -hmm. Also, little moon walks are cooling during the full moon uh, for the winter. A swim in the moonlight, boy, wouldn't that be nice? Mm -hmm. Where could we do that? In the winter? No, in the summer. Oh, in the summer. Mm. This is routine for cooling summer. This is what we're going to start doing as soon as summer kicks in. Are you doing the meditation? The moonlight meditation? The moonlight meditation, no. I saw that you guys were signed up for it. Do you want to do that? I don't know. I've, I've went out and kayaked in the dark before, and, I, and it was not a fun experience. <laughs> You'll be with all of us. But, it's under uh, a full moon. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll think about it. Okay. The meditation part sounds great, but We're the paddleboarding out, out in the middle of the lake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just have flashbacks of my glow-in-the-dark <laughs> kayak trip I went on. <laughs> But I mean, I did have a good conversation with God yeah. that night. <laughs> I understand. We're going at 7.30, so it'll probably be getting dusk by the time we finish that. Mm -hmm. It won't be pitch black. If you change your mind. I know. It's Tuesday, I think. Mm -hmm. Tuesday night. It is Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I saw that you guys were commenting on it. And I thought, oh good, I think Tina's forgot I'm not coming. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I tried to pull you into that earlier, didn't I? Uh, exercise in a way that won't spark the flame, especially if you already have a pit of body type. So, you know, hot yoga is not the time. Marie Hoover's class has to wait until fall. I might jump into her class this week. just Like to if people are super vada, then they can still do it? Like mm -hmm. it doesn't bother them? Oh, uh, hot yoga is great for anxiety. Yeah. What it's not good but for. But I'm saying is, like whenever it's summertime, like you could still do these heated classes if you have more of that as yeah. your makeup because that wouldn't bother you as much. No, because with Pitta, it's going to push that fire you already 
kind of hold. Well, like I know why I can't do it right, but I just wondered for someone that's yeah. a little bit more opposite of me that that still works for yeah, them. Yeah, it'll ground. Mm -hmm. that. Like Molly, most of your Vatas or your Kaphic people that are predominantly those need mm -hmm. more heat. Where I need less sometimes, but see, but the problem is most Pittas are the ones that are drawn to those hot yeah. classes. Which, you know, makes me think about uh, Marie, now that we're think talking about this, is like, I wonder, you know, like what her dosha is, because she can handle that, but she pitta, definitely... Pitta, pitta, pitta. Yeah, I was like, she definitely doesn't seem like any vata to her at all. No, I think she's pitta kapha. She just handles the... I would guess her as pitta kapha. But she's definitely pitta. Well, most pittas can do it. Yeah. If anybody's going to be teaching hot yoga all the time, it's a pitta. Most, because other people aren't drawn to the heat like that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, why are artists artists? Because most of them are Vata, predominantly. Right. right. They, they live in those realms, but then when they're, they live too far in the realms, they need a little grounding, too. Or they're way, you know. Yeah. Um, and Kaphic people live in, predominantly Kaphic, are homebodies. And they're, they're more, um, you know... You know, they're not the people that usually are going to be running around. It's like you call them their home. I have a lot of that in me, too. I like to be home as well. But um, Spray yourself with flower water. Rose or jasmine water spritzer and use abundantly. Uh, rose water is nice. I keep it in my usually in my yoga bag when I am hitting hot yoga. Um, or lime is good, too. You can put a little lime in some water, and that's nice. Um, also, uh, lime is just good to carry an essential oil in your bag and put a little like on your throat to cool you down here. Mm -hmm. um, or, or here on the insides of the wrists. Um, coconut oil is good to cover your skin, and I will agree 100% with that. Coconut oil is, is, uh, is drying. So it's vata. So in the summer, it's kind of good because a lot of times our skin will get a little bit oily in the summer because of that heat. Mm -hmm. um, so coconut oil is great to use in the summer and not so good to use in the spring and the fall because it's more drying to the skin. So you can use it in your summer. Also, there's a recipe. You put a half of a teaspoon of castor oil, a half of a teaspoon of coconut oil, and then you warm it up in olive oil and put that all over your skin. And I've done that once, mm -hmm. and my skin felt so darn supple. It was amazing. I probably ought to do that again because my skin's so dry right now. And you just can leave that on and yeah. let it soak in. You don't yes. need to rinse it off or anything. You just let it no. soak in. No, and honestly, uh, I'd recommend doing it like when you're home all day. Mm -hmm. um, you can even kind of put it in your on your scalp and in your hair. It's okay. really good for... Um, but check with the castor oil in the hair for more than two hours because I think it can go to another way with the hair. Okay. I think there's something to that. But, um, oh, sweet, bitter, and astringent are where you want to eat. Uh, seasonal foods that are cool, dry, and, and heavy. Uh, cool, not iced water with mint, cucumber, or lime are really good. Uh, it says soul food here. Avoid intensity and conflict in the already heated July and August months. It's best not to make decisions about a divorce in the heat of summer. Probably you're leaving your job because you're ticked off. 
Remember, heat and passion peak at midday when the sun is highest, as well as 10 to 2 a.m. Romance is wonderful in season, why it's called the season of love. Mm -hmm. But too much sex can overheat us. Tell your partner you want more cuddling. All right. Never works for me, but... <laughs> to get another note. Chris doesn't listen to this podcast. So. <laughs> this will be the one. Yeah, right. This will be, be the one he listens to. Then he'll go, to. wait a minute. Why are we talking about this in the podcast? Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Rose, lavender, jasmine, lotus, sandalwood, and hibiscus are cooling fragrances that feed your mama's spirit. I like that. Cooling colors, white, blue, or light green, loose-fitting clothes, cotton or silk or gray, sleep on the right side to cool the nervous system. And then I just want to go over, um, we'll talk about fall later. We'll talk about fall in the next podcast because we are kind of coming to the end of this one. Anything else you can think of talking about uh, with the doshas? I want to say people can get on banyabotanicals.com and take the dosha quiz and uh, also uh, reach out to me for an Ayurvedic treatment plan if you're interested. Uh, what do you think? Anything else? I just, what I think is interesting about it is like learning, you know, how the seasons, you know, what the qualities are of the seasons and then like learning about your own self and then realizing that with the season and like what your dosha is, how you can kind of transform, you know, how you live for each season because it just, you, you want to balance out if there's too much heat in the summer, then you want cooling things to balance that out. Mm -hmm. That you know, everything's just, it's like a balancing act all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and if you have too much heat in the body, you're going to have a sour burp first. And then the next thing that's going to happen is you're going to get some indigestion. It's going to lead to heartburn. Mm -hmm. um, and then, then you can start seeing that you're inflamed in the joints, you know. So it always starts with this tiny little minor thing that can be remedied then. That's what I love about Ayurveda. Or... The first of these signals is what you mean. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Tiny little signals. The body's kind of like, hey... I'm right. overheated or, hey, I'm heavy on earth. You know, you got it. You get a pimple with a lot of yellow in it or you scrape your tongue and there's, it's really yellow and green in the morning that mm -hmm. you've got too much earth in there. You've got to cut out on the sugars. You've got to cut out on the cakes and the fast food and the meat and the dairy. Mm -hmm. um, it, because what goes over on that end is, uh, I always say coffee imbalances are almost always like, the bed of most of the diseases in America. Yeah. High blood pressure, diabetes, all of these things, there's been symptoms for years before, you know, and not for everyone, you know, of course, you know, there's children that have diabetes, there's children that have high blood pressure. I'm not talking about uh, predispositions, uh, hereditary or genetic. I'm talking about people with lifestyle. Right. Only, as always. And also I have to say, to make sure that you speak to your doctor about anything we've talked about or your Ayurvedic doctor or practitioner. I am an Ayurvedic health counselor, so um, that is uh, not for me to say on pathology and things like that. I'm just speaking to the trainings I've had. Um, uh, also, and then Vacha, like what would be what would be a symptom if you are out of balance in, uh, in dryness? 
circulation, cold feet. Okay. Like right now my feet are cold, but you know, I told you I'm out of balance of Vata really bad and that's, there's constipation that goes with that. There's anxiety that goes with that. There's dry skin. So right now I'm really dry brushing a lot. I'm trying to get my meditations in. I'm trying to just be still a lot and close my eyes. What I did this week before I ran out the door, I just put my timer on five minutes and just sat mm-hmm. and tried to just hone in on that because I, my anxiety's been a little high. But, you know, I look back at the years that I knew nothing about Ayurveda and now I understand why I used to drink or I used to self-medicate in those ways right. with food. And still, even now, I say, so what if I have a cupcake or whatever? And what you said earlier, I don't try to get too intense on too much. but. Right. I'm just at a point in my life that I know that I feel a little better when I'm a little lighter, opposed to, I know where my demons lie. (laughs) (laughs) And boy, sugar can be a big demon for me. Like one cupcake can turn into three. And, And I'm not saying this in any other way other than the fact that, you know, there's a whole level of thing with food that I have on top of alcohol you know what I mean so you guys know my sugar addiction I mean they that we go to Bob Evans on Saturday and they used to bring a bowl of creamer not just at two (laughs) it was hilarious and and who ate every one of the creamers in the bowl and was stingy with them and would barely even give Jamie any (laughs) it's true it's true (laughs) So I just know, I know what my demons are. So I got to keep myself in bay. I got to practice what I preach, right? But anyway, thanks, Jamie, for jumping on here and doing the podcast today. (laughs) Yes. I always like learning about stuff like this because it's important to learn. Mm -hmm. Well, it's good for us to try to keep this thing going, especially until December when I have more time for my podcast. Right now, I'm really trying to keep it in line so that we can... um, really roll it out on a better schedule in September. Right now, I'm just, we got so many irons in the fire. I also want to remind everybody, the summer solstice, June 21st, in front of the main campus at the hospital, SOMC is sponsoring our summer solstice this year. We have Steve Free, our marvelous Steve Free, homegrown Steve Free. I love him. He's going to play acoustic throughout our practice. He's amazing. We have a beautiful energy there. At 7.30 at night, we're going to be able to see the sunset together. We are doing the 108 in the very special sacred practice of the longest day of the year, 108 sun salutations. Please join me, and also I'll see you in class and on the mat Tuesday, Thursday, and Fridays. We have Life Cycle, 9 a.m. at the hospital, and many other instructors as well. Wendy Wog and Lauren Dahl Hill is uh, also uh, teaching at the Life Center uh, in the cycling. And then also, if you want yoga, lots of great instructors there as well. Uh, my yoga is 9 a.m. Tuesday and Thursday, and 9 a.m. Saturday is Vibrant Vinyasa Weekend Warrior, and 9 a.m. Tuesday and Thursday is a really great foundational flow, uh, acceptable enough for a beginner or a well-practiced yogi. Let me know if you want to come in, and as always, don't forget to make life your most precious medicine.